0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Herbert Webster Money Minute podcast. On this episode, we'll be discussing what is a wrapper, how can they help generate a tax efficient income stream. So it's a bit of a big one. Um, As ever, this is only a discussion. Please don't take it as advice. If you do feel you could benefit from professional financial advice, then please don't hesitate to get in touch call us 01865 407755 or give us an email on info at herbertandwebster.co.uk and also make sure to mention that you've been watching the podcast, it's great to know who's out there. So my name is Adam Herbert, Managing Director of Herbert and Webster which was founded in 2010. I'm a Chartered Financial Planner and the aim of Herbert and Webster is always to provide truly independent financial advice. so today, luckily for me, I'm being joined by two other financial planners from the firm, Kurt McSweeney and Rob Gray. So over to Kurt, please.
1: Hello, I'm Kurt McSweeney. Uh, I joined Herbert and Webster five years ago, and at the time I was in financial services giving mortgage advice, and I'd known Adam a very long time, and Adam offered me the opportunity to, to come and join Herbert and Webster and to offer independent uh, financial advice without any sales targets, and I just felt that was a real... Good draw to, to come and join the team uh, I think the best part of my job is the bit I enjoy the most is seeing clients and helping them achieve their goals and that's you know it could be clients retiring five to ten years earlier or, or clients in later life and going into care or in care and securing in their care fees for the rest of their life so it's it's uh, very enjoyable Fantastic, uh, Rob if you want to introduce yourself
2: yeah hi I'm Rob Gray um, I've been working in the financial services sector since 1999 um, for the likes of um, Pearl Insurance, Bradford & Bingley, Lloyds Bank and Aviva. Um, after 14 years of working um, in the corporate sector, uh, I jumped at the opportunity to, to join Adam and Herbert and Webster to offer independent financial advice um, on, a, on a personal level. Uh, for me the best part of the job is giving clients the confidence that they're making the right financial decisions to secure their financial futures.
0: Fantastic Rob, excellent. In today's uh, podcast, we'll be explaining uh, what is a wrapper, uh, the function, and how it can help generate a tax-efficient income stream. Um, the term wrapper uh, covers a number of investment vehicles, including pensions, ISA, general investment accounts, and offshore bonds, and understanding what a wrapper is and its benefit will give you a greater understanding of of your financial situation for clients, because we tend to use this term wrapper quite a lot with clients Um, so we're going to also load up an image onto the screen just to kind of outline these initial kind of conversations really Rob so if you can start us off and just start to introduce um, the rappers one by one really and start off with maybe a pension and and what that does but very
2: high level we don't go into too much detail okay so yeah I mean all of the these different rappers that you've mentioned they allow you to take advantage of sort of tax advantages and tax breaks that mm. the government uh, allows you to to benefit from. Excellent. So um, the first one you mentioned is a pension. Yeah. Um, the pension allows you to save tax efficiently by receiving tax relief on the money that you're putting away. Yeah. It then allows your money to grow free of any income tax or capital gains tax. Yeah. Um, um, and then it now allows you to then take a um, a flexible income at retirement, including um, what we call PCLS, a tax-free cash, effectively. Yeah. Um, so you get tax relief on all of your money when it's invested, mm-hmm. um, but you get 25% of it tax-free when you take it out. So you only have to then pay income tax yeah. on 75% of the money coming out. So, yeah, that's well, how a, a pension works, really works.
0: Quite nicely. Brilliant. So that will take us on nicely to you then, Kurt. Isis. This ICES. is another
1: wrapper, wrap. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and what does an ISA do? So an ISA, um, an ISA, when we say it's a wrap, you know, again, it's just another vehicle to hold cash or investments. And usually what we hear from clients is ISAs are rubbish. Yeah. So, well, The ISA itself is just what you're holding, you know, cash or investments within. That's not rubbish. It's how it's invested underneath. Fantastic. So that's the important thing to cap off. The, the ISA itself, the big benefit is that... It offers tax-free growth while it's inside the ISA wrapper and when you come to take money out of your ISA there's no income tax to pay again, no capital gains tax Um, but again, it's, you know If a cash ISA, you're right, you're probably only going to get a percent and a half, a percent and three quarters maybe at the moment. Um, But if it's invested, again, that's where you can really open up the return.
0: And that's the big difference, really. The ISA itself, an investment ISA and a cash Mm ISA, the difference thing is it's actually what it's invested in. The cash ISA is, I know it's quite obvious, but it is cash. Cash. Investment ISAs. Taking on certain market risk depending on what you're looking to achieve. But again, the potential returns are much higher. And again, with an ISA, you have limits on what you can put in mm-hmm. £20,000, I think it still is the amount uh, per year. Um, and obviously, there's, as you mentioned with the, the pension, there's certain limits of what you can put into a pension as well. Yeah. So then, obviously, we've got more than just those as wrappers. Um, we've got a, a, a bit of a, well, it can be a bit of a boring one the general investment account. What kind of wrapper is that, Rob?
2: yeah well i'd say it's not exactly a wrapper in itself um, yeah. y- your money is is pretty much unwrapped yeah. um and so it doesn't really grow with any tax breaks yeah but what it does allow you to do is utilize potentially um your capital gains tax allowance each year yeah. um, and also your dividend allowance um yeah. so it's important to take those into into account yeah. um
0: so it's in theory it's a taxable wrapper, but actually there's benefits of having a taxable wrapper because there's there's allowances which the government allows you to to have. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: which quite often people would never actually make use of. So if your money was just invested in a, a building society cash account, yeah. you'd never accrue any capital gains to mm. to benefit uh, from yeah. the capital gains tax allowance. So yeah, it's a it's it's a, a useful vehicle.
0: Fantastic. And um, so Kurt. Cash? Is cash a wrapper? A cash account? A cash savings? Uh, is it useful
1: for clients to have? Of course, yeah. I mean, cash is, is, we'd always recommend clients have a portion of their, you know, their overall holdings in cash. It's always nice to have that rainy day fund, yeah. the emergencies. The cash itself isn't the wrapper. Mm. Uh, I suppose in this case, the wrapper might be the, the savings account or the, the current account, deposit account, whichever account you're using to hold it. That's yeah. your, your wrapper. Fine.
0: Perfect. There you go. It's nice and simple. Then we start. I would say, would you say, Rob? Uh, you know, most clients would probably be, what's the word? Kind of covered by these wrappers, which we've just mentioned. They're, they're usually the most common ones, which clients use, be it the the pension, general investment accounts, ISAs.
2: Would you agree? Yeah, they're the most usual because they they allow us to manage risk better. So they they can be. Um, sort of molded to more people and more people's circumstances Yeah. Um, but obviously as you mentioned with the ISA you have your £20,000 allowance each year yes. with your pension you've got a £40,000 allowance each year yeah. potentially if you are a, a higher income client for, for example where yeah. you've got a lot of savings investments you've got a lot of income if you've maximized those wrappers already then we might start to look at Wrappers um, such as VCTs yeah. or EIS type products. And what do they stand for? The VCT and the EIS. It's a VCT is venture capital trust. Excellent. And the EIS is the enterprise investment scheme. Super. Um, now these are much higher risk type investments. Yeah. Uh, because your money is being invested effectively in very new startup mm. um, companies and unquoted companies. Yeah. But. Um, because the government really would like people to invest in those companies, because that's the economy of tomorrow, yeah. um, actually they provide uh, really good tax relief. again. Um, for money that's invested so it's another good way of maximizing tax relief allowances for um, wealthier clients
0: excellent and uh, not to take all the funder rob um Kurt, what are what are the kind of tax benefits we see with vcts oh thanks like for asking that
2: it's um
1: so vct i mean the main ones really are, are tax relief on the way in so very similar to a pension or tax income credit i think Okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> potato, potato. It's actually a tax reducer if you're going to be pedantic. There you go. Uh, but it's it's 30% of the initial investment. So Sweet. it's it's a huge chunk of, of reduced tax. Excellent. Um, but again, as Rob, Rob said, you know it's investing in unquoted smaller companies. So there does yeah. come a high level of risk. So it's not for everybody. No. Uh, but you can, you know, um, you'd get the similar or same benefits with EIS and CDIS. With the EIS, there may then be the additional benefit of rolling over capital gains or holding over capital gains. Um, And then a period of, as long as you hold it for a period of time, there could then be a reduction Mm -hmm. inheritance tax and or um, CGT on the other end. So there are a lot of benefits to them. But, but as we keep saying, they're, they're not your common. everyday normal investments. Yeah. Normal.
0: Normal. No, I like that. that. And the other one, which we've kind of not covered yet, is is the, the kind of offshore bond. Um, well, you tell us about that then. Actually. I <laughs> would. No, I would. I like AJ. I was going to. Yeah. So, well, I'd What's say... What's the difference between offshore and onshore, then? Well, I think it's in the name, really. Uh, one is onshore... Is <laughs> what and, all these MPs are doing? Are they yeah. storing their money offshore? Not at all. No. Not at all. So, um, bonds were, were kind of a classic kind of insurance contract back in the day. I'd say a lot of people probably have onshore bonds from where the insurance companies used to be big sellers of them. And it was a kind of vehicle which was quite easy to wrap large amounts of capital which wouldn't fit into ISIS because you've got to remember... Well I think ISA allowances originally may have been around about I think three six mm. five thousand mm. you know the allowances we see today of twenty thousand was actually you know completely unheard of. Um, so yeah uh, back then where people did have large amounts of capital to invest even kind of your your general Joe's um, they would find their money going into what they would be called bonds um, their insurance contracts they're able it's very much deferring any income tax to later on. And at certain events or, or kind of chargeable events which can happen. So again, I would always say to clients, if you are looking to in-cash investments from the past, um, always seek financial advice because bonds look quite simple mm. on the outset, but in-cash in them can actually generate tax liabilities which you couldn't foresee. Um, but HMRC will come and ask you for that money maybe a year later after you've spent it. Um, so long as you declare it. As long as you declare it, but they're also aware of that as well. Um, so there's also offshore bonds, which are a kind of they've they've been around for a long period of time. But again, they've become more kind of a generalist again investments. They do sound a bit. I must admit, when I mention it to clients, offshore bonds, they do suddenly start thinking of the Cayman Islands and things like that. But again, they're more kind of Dublin based isle of white or no isle of man even not (laughs) isle of white isle of man classic i always get those two mixed up um insurance contracts and again they allow the main benefit of them is gross roll-up so it's putting that capital in an area in a wrapper as i should say to to benefit from gross roll-up um and then you've got the ability to draw down from that capital later on and it's, it's deemed as a return of capital but again with unlike onshore bonds where you know the kind of basic rate tax is deemed to have been paid uh, one way or another offshore no tax is deemed to be paid so again huge red red flag for clients to really seek advice before in cashing as they can find themselves in in quite a bit of trouble by in cashing it the wrong way so Mm -hmm. um so that's another wrapper which can certainly help when clients come to us with very much large amounts of capital we've only got so much to put into pensions we've only got so much to put into ISAs general investment account may be generating tax liabilities because of the size so an offshore bond is is another wrapper which could be considered and also there's some other benefits of segmenting cl- um, lumps or policies off to other beneficiaries to kind of defer the tax that way as well so um, it's not light and I don't want to go probably the <laughs> whole podcast on offshore bonds but they're good fun um, so so Obviously, we're talking about generating um, a tax-efficient income stream. If we look at the generalist, really, the the pensions, the ISAs, the general investment accounts, how does that start to generate a, a tax-efficient income for a client, and why should they seek advice at this point? Um, where do the benefits come in, Rob?
2: Well, I think the benefit of, of building up your overall portfolio in these different wrappers yeah. is that they each allow you to take advantage of different levels of uh, income tax etc when you mm-hmm. need to, to make them so for example you could use a, a pension to generate um, taxable income up to mm-hmm. your um, personal allowance of twelve thousand five hundred a year yeah that way although it is taxable you wouldn't pay any tax on it um, plus you can potentially take your tax-free cash out of the pension on a what we call a phased basis as well so yep. monthly income um, if that's your level of base income you can yeah. also then um, you have a, a savings allowance of five thousand pounds a year yeah um, so you can take income from bonds for example yeah um, that uses uses that starting rate allowance um, basic rate taxpayers um, also have a thousand pounds sort of interest allowance each year yeah so any interest coming out of bank accounts the first thousand pounds is is free yeah um, and then we mentioned earlier, you can use the general investment accounts to generate dividend income yeah where the first yeah. yeah that's it two thousand pounds a year of dividend income is also free, yeah. so you can see that if you 've got your money in lots of different wrappers there's you can take money from each of those wrappers um, yeah. and maximize those allowances yeah, and generate quite a
0: quite a a decent income when actually and and really mitigating the actual overall tax on that so. Correct. And, I, 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 well, I know we all have, um, you know, sometimes, Kurt, you're faced with a client who comes to see you and they're looking at, they're kind of look at their investments in silos and they're kind of like, well, for the first five years, I'm just going to use my pension, mm. you know, and <clears throat> what, are, what are the kind of side effects of, of looking at it like that and, and not seeking advice?
1: Um, I, think, I think the main drawback is, you know, not utilising the allowances available to you. So, The common misconception that we come across is the, you know, a client who's going into retirement they say, well, I'm going to use my pension and then I'm going to, you know, use my cash. It's like, well, hang on a sec, let's look at it a different way then. If, you know, if we've got the pension and like Rob said, we can draw our income up to the personal allowance, it's still tax free. But one of the additional benefits of a pension is it's outside of the estate for inheritance tax. So, you know, if we've got four or five hundred thousand in a pension, if anything happens to you. There's no tax to pay on that, so mm-hmm. that, you know, that ticks a big box in the IHT planning. ISAs, again, it's a tax-free income stream, yeah. and and using things like the GIA um, and the allowances, Rob mentioned, the dividend tax allowance, but also dividends are taxed at a lower rate of income tax, or lower yeah. rate of tax, and, and so to are capital gains. Yeah. So if we're going to create an income stream by taking out everything in the pension, you know, you may then pay 20 40 45 percent tax yeah by doing it another way we could reduce that down to you know for instance seven and a half percent on dividends ten percent on capital gains yeah. so it's just you know we've all got to pay tax that's yeah. sad the sad truth but if we can use the allowances available to reduce that tax bill down yeah well then that keeps you in a more favorable position because it's more yeah. money to use later on it could sustain the life of the income for a much longer period exactly yeah and the worst case scenario if anything happens to you it could then also reduce the tax bill that would be liable to your beneficiaries your children your family members after yeah. you're gone so it's just getting the right you know and it's our job to to recommend the right blend of wrappers yeah. and the right or the correct way to draw out an income so yeah. that's why it's always worth taking advice i think it's perfect and rob just one final bit then with these wrappers
0: how is it all invested it's a tough one but you, you know because um, a lot of people think suddenly you know you've spoken about investments of their pension you know I think it's actually sometimes it, it, clients don't realize it's actually quite simple you know um, if we've looked at an investment approach and investment solution you know we understand their attitude to risk you know we're able to overlay exactly that across all these wrappers
2: yes so we we talked about investments in a previous podcast yeah Um, but by thinking about how the different wrappers are going to be used and when they're going to be used we might then apply a different investment portfolio to different rappers yeah Um, for example depending on the the time frame involved and how much growth is going to be required so it's, it's, it's useful having the money spread around different wrappers because you can apply those different sort of profiles if you um if you want to fantastic excellent that's really good uh kurt anything else you'd add add on to that i don't think so
1: no
0: yourself rob anything else um no i think we've we've covered that i think we've covered it so as always if there's any other further questions from our listeners out there you know how to contact us get in touch more than happy to help Um, Thank you for listening to another Herbert and Webster Money Minute podcast. Thank you, Rob, for for your help. Thank you, Kurt. Thanks, Ed. And uh, thank you for listening.